It's out in the middle of nowhere many of us seem to have our creepiest encounters with nature and people alike. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today, I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true middle-of-nowhere horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. Now, as always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true middle-of-nowhere horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Hey Swamp, I've been listening to your channel for quite a few years now. I love all the cryptid stories. I honestly believe that there are things out there that we have not been told about, that most of the stories you get to narrate are 100% true. I chose to send this to you because you are my favorite narrator. I've been holding off on sharing this story for a long time, but I think I'm ready now. I saw something I should not have seen and it has made me paranoid for some years. I figured it would be a good middle-of-nowhere story. Unfortunately, I will not be very descriptive on locations, names, or ages. However, I will say that this happened in Oregon, roughly six years ago. A friend of mine inherited a piece of property owned by his parents who had passed away. He was not on particularly good terms with them, but still, they left him the land in their will. Within a week after he inherited the property, he got multiple offers from the government wanting to buy it. They had already owned all the land surrounding it. He refused each offer, and from what he told me, they even got rough with him a few times. But he was determined to make something out of it. This piece of land was just that, land. There was an old rundown homestead on it that was probably last occupied in the early 1900s. It was truly out in the middle of nowhere. You had to follow this old pothole-filled gravel road for what felt like hours just to get there. I've done the research on Google Maps, and the closest sign of any civilization was well over 60 miles away in either direction. The only other sign of human life out there was what looked like an old government communication building, not too far from where his property started. This building will play a huge part in the story. I had been living with a group of friends from high school in a house that we all shared the rent for. Roommates can be fun, but I got tired of it after a while. Constant noise, food being stolen from the fridge, people not holding up their part of the rent, all that good stuff. So, when I got a call from my friend asking me to come help him out on his new property, I jumped at the idea. Within the next few days, I had my bags packed, said my goodbyes, and hit the road. It was a long drive across the state, but it was nice. The east side of Oregon is a beautiful and vast place. I stopped in the last town on the way to grab some supplies. My friend asked me to pick up. After that, it was about another hour down straight stretches with the occasional farmhouse off to the side. Once I hit the gravel road, I had to slow my way down and navigate around all the potholes. It was a creepy vibe. But I just shook it off as it was beautiful country. Juniper trees and ponderosa pines dotted along the road. 
You could see plateaus in the distance. It felt like the Old West. There were no power lines, but instead there were old telegraph lines from the last century still standing. As I was going down the road, I saw this structure coming up on the side and stopped to see what it was. It was two circular walls made from old logs. They were horse corrals, clearly not in use anymore. Another relic from the last century. I walked around to the entrance and was shocked to see multiple deer carcasses inside of them. It freaked me out at first, but I figured that a cougar or something must be living in them. So I hopped back in the truck and continued down the road. I still could not shake the bad vibes though, but still, I just did my best to ignore it. If I were going to be out there in the middle of nowhere, then I could not let myself be freaked out by every little thing. My friend was going to meet me on the road near his property, so he could lead me the rest of the way. There were lots of old roads leading off the main one, so it would be easy to go down the wrong one. I was not too far from the old corrals when I could see him waiting by his truck. I pulled up and he had the happiest look on his face like I was the first person he had seen in months. Mostly because I was the first person he had seen in months. We sat on the road for a bit and had a few laughs as we were catching up before we headed down to the property. It was still about another 20 minute drive down this side road. It was getting dark by then. We passed the old government communications building and I was very confused as to what it was and why it was there, all the way out here. It was small. It was two stories tall, but maybe about the size of a convenience store as far as length and width goes. It also had at least nine foot tall fences surrounding it, with barbed wire across the top. It looked very ominous in the low lighting, and gave me that bad feeling again. Once we got on the property, I was surprised and relieved he had already built a nice little cabin. There was no electricity because the power line stopped before you hit the gravel, but there was plenty of lighting from the fireplace and some solar flashlights hanging from the rafters. It was cozy. I immediately asked him about the government building before I had my shoes off. He said that he has never really gone near it and had no idea what the purpose was. So, fast forward a few months. We had this property up and running. We dug a well and powered it with solar panels so we could have fresh running water. We built a barn and got some goats. We had a dairy cow, chickens, and some alpacas. We even had a tropical greenhouse with a banana tree, lime trees, and pineapples. To keep it the right climate, we put a wood stove inside to keep it warm like the tropics. It was turning into a nice little farm. We purchased a portable sawmill and had a contract with one of the lumber stores in town. Once every two weeks, we would load up the trucks and make the journey into the town, sell the wood, and load up on propane and other supplies. I had been doing some exploring around the area on my days off. Things were weird out there, and they just kept getting weirder. My favorite thing to do was to head down the main road and pick up a random side road to go down and explore. Lots of times I would come up to a locked government gate with signs reading, Government Property, Keep Out, and Area is Under Video Surveillance, which was strange because there were no power lines out there. Maybe they were underground. They were. We found this out later. So, I had the day off and I was doing my thing exploring the area. I decided to head to the old horse corrals to check them out in the full daylight. 
As I started to see them coming up on the horizon, I noticed a black vehicle parked by them. As I got closer to it, I could see it was an all-black Mercedes with blacked-out windows and government plates. I put the truck in park and sat there dumbfounded. What is this doing out here? How did it get here? And when did the government get issued black Mercedes? Suddenly it started up and took off down the road in the opposite direction. I was a little freaked out, but it was gone so I decided to continue with my exploring. I pulled up to the corrals and walked around. I took a few pictures of them to send back to my friends and family. There were also more deer carcasses inside of them. Again, I just assumed some cougar took a liking to the old corrals and takes its prey there. Curiosity got the best of me, and I started looking around at where the Mercedes was parked. Near its tracks was a hole in the ground. It just looked like your typical animal burrow. As I walked around it, some dirt fell in from my footsteps. The dirt shot back out as if there was a wind blowing out of this hole. I did a double take and kneeled next to it and put my hand over it. Sure enough, I could feel cool air coming out of the hole. To double check, I grabbed a handful of dirt and dumped it in there, and again, it blew right back out. What I did next is stupid, and nobody should ever do this, but I reached my arm inside cautiously. I could not feel anything. No walls and no bottom. No snakes either. So I laid on my stomach and reached as far as I could, all the way up to my shoulder, and I still could not feel a thing. Just an empty space with an air current flowing through. I was baffled by this and went back to the truck to get my friend and show him. I got back to the property and told him he needs to come check this hole in the ground. He was not interested until I also told him about the Mercedes. Both of us did not trust the government, so the fact that there was some weird phenomenon going out excited us. We reached the corrals and I had located the hole again. It had gotten much bigger though. In fact, it was almost double in size. I grabbed another handful of dirt to show it getting blown out. I dropped it in and nothing happened. We noticed the dirt around the outside of the hole was slowly falling inside of it though. My friend was trying to be funny and said, maybe it's gone from a blow to a suck. So I tested it. I grabbed another handful of dirt and held it in the palm of my hand and lowered it inside the hole. Sure enough, it was getting sucked over the sides of my palm. I was once again baffled. We checked the surrounding area for another hole that maybe the wind was blowing through to create these effects, but we could not find anything. We finally deemed it as maybe an old mine shaft or something. The discovery of the hole had got my imagination flowing. Something about it did not settle well with me. I had to know what it was, and for some reason, I thought I would find the answer inside of that old communications building. I decided that I was going to break into it on my next day off. Nobody comes out there. It is obviously not in use anymore. What is the harm of checking it out? So my next day off had arrived, and I was excited to check the building out. Nervous, but excited. I parked my truck a little down the road from it just in case they had it under surveillance. I had gloves on and made sure to cover my face. The gate was locked, of course, but there was just barely enough room for me to squeeze through between it underneath the lock and chain. I tried to get in through the ground level door, but it did not even have a doorknob on the outside of it, so I gave up on that strategy quickly. There was a metal staircase around the side of the building leading up to the second floor door. This one had a doorknob, 
I tried picking it, but it was a lot harder than the YouTube videos made it out to be. So instead, I just used brute force and twisted the knob as hard as I could, and to my surprise, it snapped, and just like that, the mysterious building was unlocked and ripe for exploring. I opened the door and was almost thrown off the balcony by a swarm of flies. There were thousands of them that had all been trapped in that building and immediately flew out all at once. When they saw that first glimpse of daylight, it was disgusting. I ran down the stairs and waited for them all to fly out. Once it was clear, I walked back up cautiously and did a quick check in the inside. It was in bad shape, paint peeling off the walls, debris and trash all over the place, and the smell of an old book. I was still excited about it, and decided to close it back up and come back with my friend so we could check it out together. So I head back to the property to get my friend. I had the stupidest grin on my face when I told him I got into the building. He instantly lit up and was just as excited as I was. He was a little more paranoid about it though, and insisted that we both go back there at night. That was okay with me. So for the rest of the day, we sat around planning on how we were going to go about it and what we were going to do in case things went wrong. We had a plan for every situation. We still were not prepared for what was in there though. A few hours go by and night has finally fallen. It was time. We grabbed some flashlights and put on gloves, covered our faces, and headed out the door. We stayed on foot, mainly because the headlights from a vehicle would be too easy to spot. There was not anybody around for miles, but we did not want to take any chances. We walked up to the gate, squeezed through the same spot I went through earlier, and then we headed up the metal staircase to the door I popped open. I opened it slowly in case there were more flies. A few flew out, but not nearly as many as earlier in the day. And just like that, we were in. Flashlights on and in exploring mode. The state of disrepair this place was in was even more freaky at night. There were all sorts of trash on the ground and dead mice and thousands of dead flies. Apparently this was just the front half of the building though. There was another locked door that led to the back half of the building. Here's where things really take a turn for the worse. We could see light coming from underneath this door. Remember, there are no power lines. This confirmed that power was being run out here underground. I wanted to turn back after that, but my friend was in full-on conspiracy mode and was going to get into the back half of this place no matter what. What if there were people in there? There could not be. We were the only people out here for 60 miles in each direction. There were no vehicles out front. Why is there a light on in this random, government building out in the middle of nowhere? This was stupid, but we knocked on it. We were already in the place, so why not? Nobody answered. Thank God. This door was just like the one on the ground level outside, with no handle. Luckily, my friend was better than me at working his way around locks, and he managed to pop it open. Once the door opened, we knew we were not supposed to be there. My stomach sank, and I instantly felt sick. This was bad. The back half of this building was still in use. It was well kept. There were office chairs, desks, computers, coffee mugs, and a communications board with plugs to connect calls to other lines. We were in way over our heads. We both knew this, 
and for some reason we kept exploring. The back half of this building was divided into two sections with a wall and another locked door separating them. The first section contained all the office and communications equipment. My friend worked his magic on the door leading to the second section. This section was unexpected. Lab coats, safety goggles, chemistry equipment, weird machines, and bins with dangerous chemical labels on them. Most of these chemicals we did not even recognize. I have googled some of them and cannot find any results. But the worst part, the reason we are all here, in this second section, in the middle of the room, was a hatch. The type of hatch that you lift to find a ladder underneath. It was big, but it was armored, like something you would find on a freighter ship. At this point, we both wanted to leave and get out of there. This place had a basement. What in the actual hell? For some reason, we told ourselves, we have come this far, we must see what is down there. So we inspected the hatch. It was not locked. I really wish it had been. It had one of those circular handles that you rotate to open. It took us both to get it to move. It creaked as we opened it, and below us, we could see a ladder leading down into a pitch black room. We both looked at each other and paused, as if to say, are we really doing this right now? Yep, we are. I went down first to make sure everything was okay, flashlight in hand. It was cold and dark. The room seemed small. It did not take up as much space as the building above it. I gave my friend the all clear and told him to climb down. While he was climbing down, I was shining my light at the ceiling to see if there were any lights. There were. I told my friend to help me find a light switch, so we both started scanning the walls with our flashlights. As I was scanning, my light shined on what looked like a prison cell. A cage with bars. At that same time, my friend had found the light switch and flipped it on. And to my horror, there was something in the cage. I got my friend's attention and pointed at it, while yelling obscenities. I could not tell whatever it was dead or alive. It was kind of... I don't know. It was just lying there inside the cage. I can only describe it as being a thing. Its hair was long and matted, and I could just barely make out an elongated nose of where its head was. We started panicking and scanning the rest of the room. Behind us was a garage door. We both turned to look at the door, with all sorts of questions and fears running through our minds. Above the door was a camera. Crap. At this point, we were done. I told him, that's it, dude, we're leaving now. I don't know what the hell is going on here, but we need to leave. Suddenly, we started to hear something. The subtle sound of an engine coming from the other side of the garage door getting louder. This was bad. My friend headed up the ladder first. I was waiting at the bottom of it. Suddenly, I hear something shuffling. My stomach sank. I turned to look at the cage. The thing in it was moving. I looked back up at my friend and told him to run. I turned back around and the creature was upon two legs looking at me through the bars. We made eye contact for just a split second, and then I started climbing the ladder as fast as I could. But I froze halfway up. I froze because it spoke to me. Help me. I turned around with wide open eyes and... Uh, I could not say anything. 
This could not be real. Its voice was exceptionally low and quiet. It had a sorrowful tone. I felt like I was going to vomit or black out. I turned back around and started climbing again faster. It spoke again as I reached the top. This time, it told me its name. A first and last name. My friend was nowhere to be seen. He had already bolted out of there. I did the same thing. Back through the office room, through the purposely run down front, and out of the door. I ran faster than I ever have in my entire life, and did not stop until I got back to the cabin. My friend was already there, and I pounded on the door and he answered it with a gun in my face. Once he realized it was me, we both calmed down. I told him that the creature spoke to me, and that it was not safe out there. We gathered some things and hopped in our trucks and drove through the night into town, constantly checking our mirrors and taking every back road we could find. We ended up staying at a hotel for a couple of days. While we were there, we theorized about everything that we saw. There was a tunnel leading to the building behind that garage door. I am convinced that that is what the hole in the ground near that horse corral was. It was a cave-in, and the blacked-out Mercedes was there investigating it. Eventually, we finally got the courage to head back out to the property. I did not stay long, though. It just was not the same anymore. I ended up leaving only a few days after that. My friend was going to start putting everything up for sale so he could get out of there as well. I wished him the best of luck. I got my old room back at the house with my friends from high school. I remembered the creature's name, and I googled it. The name came up on the missing person list from California. I stayed in my room. They all thought I was depressed, and maybe I was. I do not know what I was feeling. My whole outlook on the world had changed. I just kept staring at this person's picture for weeks. I still look at it every single day. I went to tell their family, but they would never believe me. Who would? Things got even worse. One night, about a month after I moved back into my roommates, my friend's mom called me with awful news. A wildfire had broken out on his property. It was during the night as he was sleeping. He got trapped in the cabin, and it was burnt down. The whole property in the surrounding area, including the government building, was burnt to a crisp. At least, that's what the official report says. I know it's BS, though. They know who was down there, which also means they know there's one other person that they need to track down, and that is me. I immediately packed a suitcase full of clothes and hit the road. I did not even say goodbye to anyone. I drove and kept driving until I could not anymore. I ended up halfway across the country until I started to calm down. From then on, I've been using a fake name, working low-key jobs that pay under the table, and saving every single penny I have earned. I sold my truck for next to nothing and bought a van that I had been living out of. I did not register it. How I have not been pulled over in the past six years is honestly a miracle. I have cut off all ties with my family and friends. They probably think I am dead, but that is good. I never stay in a place longer than two months, but finally, I would save up enough money to move out of the country. I have secured safe transport across the border, and tomorrow, I plan on restarting my life in South America. I am sending you this story using a fake email address and a disposable phone on a public Wi-Fi network in Texas. I am also going to send the parents of the once-human creature a message explaining what has happened to their kid. It is up to them to believe me or not. 
I think it is the right thing to do, though. I still have so many questions that I will never have answered. I feel like everything we are working for as a society is just a lie now. What is going on here? How long have they been doing this to people? And are all these cryptid sightings just the creations of our own government? Why? Just be wary, folks. And please do not go poking your nose in places it does not belong. And Swamp Dweller, I'm going dark for a few years after I submit this. Thank you for sharing this story. Hi, Swamp Dweller. My name is David, and I would like to tell you what happened to me a couple of years ago. I've never told anybody about my experience because I'm afraid I would be laughed at, so I'll keep my last name out of it. Anyways, it was the springtime of 2019. I was camping out in the middle of nowhere in my small cabin around my private 85-acre lake. The property has been in my family since God knows when, but it has been decades. Here in the deep south of the U.S., we are surrounded by nothing but local wildlife, so we do not have neighbors except the animals that inhabit Georgia. One night, I decided to go fishing for catfish with my wife sleeping in the cabin. I used my headlamp to see everything that I am doing, like getting my poles ready and into the rod holders. I was ready to catch some monster blue catfish as I was using rotted shrimp for bait. I caught a few nice ones which were about 20 to 30 pounds, but they got much bigger than that in this lake. After I had caught the fourth catfish, I heard a rustle in the woods about 60 or so yards away. Leaves were crunching from heavy footsteps. I thought it was a deer at first, so I did not think too much of it. Then I realized that this was way bigger than the average deer. Whatever it was, was walking in my direction, but more in the direction of the lake if I had to guess. I tried turning my head to shine the light on its whereabouts thinking to myself, what the heck is that? I could not get a single glimpse of this thing. The next thing I know, I hear what sounds like a small tree being swung around. I do have crab apple trees, so I'm guessing that whatever this thing was was trying to shake them off and eat them. Still, we do not have any creatures that will do something like that that I know of, so I am more alert as I carry a gun on my right hip in its holster. The creature, or whatever it was, had finally gotten a little bit closer. I was panicking with my hand ready to unholster my gun. I was not going to let it get any closer to me as I unholstered it. I was too scared to make a noise, so I was not going to try to warn it off. My headlamp was aiming directly at it, but I still could not see it very clearly. All I know is that this thing was dark brown as I got a glimpse of its long hair. We do not have bears in this city because it's a small town in the middle of nowhere. I was convinced that this thing was a Bigfoot. The monstrous creature noticed the light from my headlamp, so I was more panicked than ever. I could not hesitate any longer. I aimed my gun right at it and took a few shots. It took off after the gunshots, and I hauled my butt back to the cabin. I never heard from it later. My wife woke up and told me she heard the gunshots, so I told her exactly what had happened. We spent the rest of the night at the cabin, I woke up the next day, and I decided to go out there where the creature was. I found large footprints on the muddy bank. It had large feet bigger than the average person. The toe shapes were unbelievable. I was sure that I had shot this thing, 
so I tried looking for blood trails. The thing is, there was a spurt of blood on the green leaves of a medium-sized pine tree. I tried to find out if more blood was anywhere else. I did find some on some leaves and the green grass, but the trail of blood came to a sudden stop. I did not see a body anywhere, but I did make casts of the footprints and sent them to the BFRO. They analyzed the cast and came to the conclusion that it was in fact a Sasquatch. We do not have any reports of them below the central parts of Georgia, until now. I happen to be the first person to encounter one this far below the Appalachian Trail, according to the researchers. Thanks for listening to this video. If you enjoyed these creepy and allegedly true middle of nowhere horror stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's super helpful to the swamp. If you're listening on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this show a 5 star rating as it helps us out a ton over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode. I upload them almost every single day, in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you guys would like to support The Swamp further outside of liking this show and subscribing, maybe check out our merch store. We got face masks, hoodies, t-shirts, and more. I'd love to see you rocking some cool Swamp merchandise. If you're on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, you can still listen to your Swamp Dweller scary stories wherever you go. You can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. Thank you guys, as always, for supporting the swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this every day without you guys. I'll see you soon with another creepy video.